Welcome, coaches. This is Tony Schiffman, and you are listening to the Hog Football Podcast. The Hog Football Chat was created as a way for coaches to talk about all things football and all things offensive line, and we took off via Twitter. With the help of so many great sponsors, we were able to create an amazing network of our coaching community. Now we've decided to launch our first ever podcast series. Please don't forget to check out those amazing sponsors on Twitter. This podcast series is presented by Platform, an online strength and conditioning tool that partners with over 800 schools across the country. Go check out platform.com, that's P-L-T-4-M.com for our full series and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. Don't forget to check out at Coach Schiffman on Twitter and use the hashtag HogFootballChat when you're there. We have a great episode for you today, so let's go ahead and kick this off. Before we even kick off the podcast, I want to just remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. All right, here we go. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Hog Football Podcast. Today I've got Coach Gabe Fertitta with me. Coach Fertitta is currently the head coach at Catholic High School, where they're finishing up a 12-1 and runner-up um, state run this year. Uh, he's helped them to two state titles, one as a head coach, one as an offensive coordinator. Uh, got his head coaching start at St. Stanislaus in St. Louis, uh, Mississippi in 2012, where he helped an 0-9 team turn into a 10-0 regular season and 12-1 overall. Uh, got his career coaching started at Mississippi College as an offensive line grad assistant where he played football. So, Coach, a lot going on. What's going on? How are you? Man, I'm good. Glad to be on the podcast. Uh, I don't know if I was on the original Hog Football Chat Twitter uh, uh, thing the very first time they did it, but if I wasn't, I was pretty darn close. You, so. You've been, you've been, you're one of the OGs, huh? <laughs> I've tried to be. Now some Monday nights get a little more hectic than others, but well, uh, I hate to, I hate to, I hate to break the allure but sometimes i miss a few monday nights too so i'm I'm thankful for tweet deck and for uh for being able to plug and play so to speak no uh, doubt yeah so first question you've been a part of some great teams some great programs talk to me a bit about how um the offensive line has played a part in the success of those teams yeah um you know it's funny for me to be a guy talking about offensive line play uh, i played receiver my entire life and uh got thrust into an O-line GA spot in college and uh, right after college. Mm -hmm. And uh, ever since then, uh, I've really come to believe that that is the, that is the uh, most critical part of any team because any of the really good teams uh, that I've been a part of as a coach or as a player had a core group of offensive linemen that just didn't allow anybody else to slack off or not be their best. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I, I really believe this in high school. Um, you can win state championships. You can, you can be really, really successful if you've got a well-coached offensive line. I think the higher you go, I think you end up getting skilled guys that can overcompensate sometimes when the offensive line isn't that good. Mm-hmm. But in high school, I think uh, if you're good there, then you're you're going to be really really successful. So yeah, absolutely. And you know they got a w- one of the things that you mentioned in your bio that is is just kind of jaw dropping to me. And and uh, you know 
was that you've coached 14 division one offensive linemen or tight ends in, in 14 seasons. And, and that's just, and probably, I mean, how many of those have been over the last three, four years at Catholic high? Uh, there's been quite a few. For right. Catholic. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, I, I, that's not a stat that I normally would like go back and look at, but I was given a clinic talk on developing high school offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. I started going back thinking like, golly, you know, we, we have had quite a few guys that have gone on to be division one players. So I, right. I was like, I wonder how many it is. And sure enough, um, it had been 14 and 14 years now, you know, a lot of that has to do with genetics, uh, sure. not as much to do with coaching, but, um, I think I could probably also give you 14 guys that were starters for us that were really, really successful that did not in any way, shape, or form look like offensive linemen. You know? Right. Uh, but um, I think it's a position that uh, um, development, I think there and at the quarterback position, it's hard, it's hard to do it. It's hard to find people that know how to do it well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the payoff is – significant if you can develop those guys yeah now does that does that number of 14 include the the young man who you just had who's making offensive linemen everywhere in in the nation jealous by becoming the number one fullback in the country or or is he not included in that list (laughs) yeah he's included in that list okay uh yeah he uh he will be going to rice um this coming year uh playing fullback there that's As a awesome. Matter of fact, uh, the O line coach that is now the O line coach at Rice is one of my fourteen guys <laughs> that I coached uh, to go on to play. So okay. Sanders Davis uh, played offensive line for me at Catholic, and then played at Dartmouth, and uh, and then he coached with us at Catholic. Right. He was our O line coach. I remember now, and now he is the O line coach at Rice. He's, he had a year of a a year in there as a graduate assistant somewhere too, correct? Correct. He he left from here. He was a grad assistant for a year, and then uh, did such a good job that Coach Bloomgren hired him as the O line coach. And, right. Uh, and actually, um, I've got another former O line coach. Uh, I, I hesitate to say of mine. He taught me more about O line play than than I taught him. But Alex Atkins, who's the oh O-line sure yeah. Coach at Florida State. He was our O-line coach at Itawamba Community College, where I was the OC for a year. Okay. uh, We hired him for his very first job after being a GA. And uh, so, yeah, we got him all over the place. Well, I I tell you what, if if, if this is doing anything, it's going to be, you're going to get a lot of resumes in the next couple of years for, (laughs) for guys wanting to be your offensive line coach. Cause, cause you, 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 you get them out there. That's for sure. We try. Yeah. So you kind of alluded to it, my first question, but talk to me a bit about, um, you know, you co- like you said, you played wide receiver and then we're sort of, you use the word thrust into the offensive line graduate assistant spot. Talk to me a little bit about that transition and, and the, um, you know, the struggles you may have had uh, going from, you know, a skill position to uh, the offensive line. Yeah, so um, my first day on the job as a GA, I walked in and sat down in the, the receiver room and uh, the O-line coach who I had grown really close with as a player because he was also our strength guy mm-hmm. uh, and in division three football I mean everybody does everything you know? right so 
So, uh, so anyway, I had grown really close to him and he came in the office and said, what are you doing in here? Come over here, come in my office. You're my GA. And I'm like, what? You know, like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I know there's five people. That's really all I know. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I was, uh, I was one of those players that loved the install meetings and all that kind of stuff. I was not a very talented player at all, but I loved the schematic part of it. So I I had a little bit of an idea, but I will never forget my first day at practice and they would call the play and we were tempo team and uh, they would call the play and I would start at the left tackle and I'd say, okay, it's, it's dart to the right. So the left tackle is going to pull the left guard. And by the time I would get to like the left guard, the play was already over. Right. And I'm like, there's no way. I'm gonna learn. <laughs> there's no shot that I will ever be able to learn this. You know, I mean, I, I, I can't even get past the second guy and his assignment before they snap the dang ball. And I don't know any of this stuff. It was, it was overwhelming. It was, um, you know, I never thought about quitting, but I just thought like, yeah, I'm going to be terrible at this. If I can't, I can't even do this, you know? And, and it was over the course of that whole season, uh, working with that offensive line coach, John Williams uh, mm-hmm. was his name, but, um, it was film study and learning, you know, where to focus my eyes on certain plays and, you know, how, you know, what we all do now as line coaches, you know, we know where the mission critical part of the play is and that's our, that's our main focus. And then, you know, the better you get, you start learning about, you know, if you were focusing on this particular part of the play, but somebody else came into the picture, you know what happened, you know, right. like you can, so, but it took me, <laughs> It took me a long time to figure that out. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it is, it's, it's one of those things that as a, I mean, I, I'm sure I can look at the wide receivers and say, oh my gosh, there's, it, 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 there's so much details to the position that I'm not, you know, realizing it's the same for offensive line. It's kind of, sometimes we're seen as the, the big lumbering buffoons, but there really is a lot of technical know-how to the position and, and to coaching the position that um, s- sort of gets ignored sometimes. No question. And, and to me, I mean, even, yeah, there's a lot of detail to play in receiver or play in quarterback or, but I, I don't know that having played those and coached those spots along with coaching the O-line, I, I don't think there's another position um, in football that has to play with as much, detail and mm-hmm. um you know if you're a receiver and you run the wrong route the, the only person that really hurts is you and maybe the quarterback you do something wrong with the o-lineman and you're talking about six people plus the quarterback plus the tailback plus the receiver who didn't get to catch the ball because you screwed the protection i mean it is it is uh, i tell our kids this all the time i'll never say it to the receivers or the qbs but it's the only position on the offense where every play, your assignment matters every right. time. Um, you know, the QB is going to reverse out and hand off power, and we're going to have all these details on what we want him to do with his hands after the fake and all that. But at the end of the day, like, we could have gotten a robot to do that. You know? Right. Uh, but the O-linemen, every time, what they do matters. Oh, yeah. I'm just – I'm going to – 
record that and, and have you saying that over and over again, just play it for people so they know that it, it matters. But it does. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I have to ask a little bit about your, your stop at St. Saint, uh, St. Saint Stanislaus. You know, you guys were 0 and 12, 0 and 9 in 2012. And then, and then the next year went 10 and 0 in the regular season and 12 and 1. Talk to me just about how you guys did that and, and the turnaround and the buy-in that, that you had um, to have that success. I think there's probably a lot of head coaches listening that are very curious about that. Yeah. Um, and, and that probably could be a couple of podcasts. All right. Along, you know, but um, that was my second year there as the head coach. So my first year we went four and seven. Um, two years before I got there, they won a state championship. Okay. So there had been, and the, and even the year before I got there, they were semifinalists maybe or something like that. So there had been a lot of recent success. And, um, you know, there was a talent, there was a little bit of a talent drop that, that everybody saw coming. So my first year we went four and seven. And then my next year, just the, the bottom fell out. I mean, uh, it was, it was just um, gut wrenching. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we only had four seniors on the team. We were a 4A team, which was the, the Mississippi goes to 6A. So um, kind of give you an idea of the size. And um, it just – we had a new defensive coordinator who's, who's our defensive coordinator here at Catholic now. And, um, you know, we, we just – it's it, – for lack of a better word, um, you know, we just – we just didn't know how to, we, the kids had seen the success before right. and thought that that was just something that was going to come naturally. And they didn't understand all of the work that had to be put in in order to achieve the success. And so you, when you look at uh, turnaround jobs, um, it, a lot of them follow this trajectory. They start in a certain spot. There is a point where they, the bottom sort of falls out. And by year three, usually is when you start to really see the, the fruits of your labor to get mm -hmm. the thing turned around. And you look, I, I did studies, I read, I mean, I was just, I've never learned more and been more motivated as a coach than I, I miss that year. I, I genuinely miss that off season between the zero and nine, and the and the twelve and one season, like I I miss the urgency that I had right. in that off season. But um, you know, what changed? Uh, a lot of kids quit. So when we went zero and nine, we had tons of kids who quit, um, and that helped. Right. It or not. <laughs> um, Addition know, by subtraction. Size, yeah, our team size was a lot smaller. Um, and uh, I really believe this too. The more the more parameters and restrictions that get put on you in anything, it doesn't matter what the endeavor is. The more creative and the more um, you have to study in order to be successful. And I would say that was probably one of the number. It we just looked in every nook and cranny to find ways that we could improve. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and of course, we were really young on defense uh, in in twelve in twenty twelve, and you can't hide young defenders. You can hide young offensive players. Right. You around them, you do what only they do well. 
Uh, we lost a game in that 2012 season, 82 to 80. Wow. Yes. Um, we set, we, our, our offense set a national record for yards in a game. We had 941 yards. Oh my Lord. Yes. And we lost. Um, and then you turn around the next year and we had one of the best defenses in the state, regardless of classification. Uh, did we all of a sudden just figure out how to put 12 people on the field? No, <laughs> no. our kids were just older right. and more experienced. And, um, you know, defensively that you can't hide those guys. So that was a big change. And, and then culture wise, you know, it took, it takes three years to put a culture in. You know, and, right. um, and I, I think I think all of those things go together. But uh, I actually started to write a book on it and uh, I, I've never finished it. I just it's it's like my own little journal, I guess, maybe. But yeah, maybe one day I'll I'll put it all together. Well, I'm sure if you do and release that, there will be a lot of people very interested in in that topic <laughs> because that's you know I've kind of gone by I'm not sure where I heard that or where you heard that about the the three-year plan so to speak but I've I've sort of been a firm believer in that as well and and um and I think yeah. you're right it, it, because I remember when I took my first head coaching job I had I had we had a lot of success year one but but everybody told me year two is the the hard one you know year two yeah. is going to be tougher than year one but but year three is where you really start to see like you said the, the turnaround and the uh the the buy-in and the the culture and the the accountability so um it's kind of interesting you know when it comes to to anything uh where you're trying to change something Mm -hmm. um i genuinely believe sometimes it's got to get worse before it can get better right um you don't intentionally want that to happen but um haven't had that experience happen to me you know i can kind of understand that you know hey sometimes if you're going to change something you know, if you're going to change the offense, you know, it's sometimes it's a golf swing. Right. You start tinkering with a golf swing and it's going to get really bad, you know, but sometimes it has to get worse before it can get better. Right. Yeah. That's a great point. Hopefully, uh, hopefully people listening are, are taking note of that. So, um, well, coach, last question I've got for you, and, and this might be a tough one, but this might be uh, an easy one for you as well. Um, if you could put together a Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen that you've coached, played with, uh, or are just a fan of, who would be on that five-man offensive line? Ooh, man, that is tough. Um, I know who I would have at center. Okay. Uh, Kevin Mawai would be the guy I would have at that spot. Okay. Um, I've known Kevin for a long time. Um, is a very good friend and uh and he is a just a dominant offensive lineman uh, and he was nasty and he was physical and um you know I just think you put a guy like that in the middle of the of that group and everybody else is going to they're going to all follow suit yes um and uh you know it's easier to think of tackles than it is of guards. <laughs> <laughs> You're the second person I've heard say that. So, you know, um, uh, I'll say this. I wouldn't, obviously the guy's not, uh, uh, as talented, but we had a lineman here at Catholic by the name of Lawrence Hamilton. 
who was 5'11", 230 pounds maybe. He would have made a great college fullback mm -hmm. if somebody would have recruited. But this kid was the twitchiest uh, kid I have ever coached at that position. And his highlight tape is, is one of the funnest things to go back and watch because, like, he released on a screen or something like that. This kid was just – he was unreal. The the guy that's at Rice uh, now, he and I always joke about like, is he like the best lineman we've ever had? Even <laughs> of all these guys that we've had, he might be the best one. It's funny how that works out sometimes. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, I'd throw him in there. Obviously, there's a lot of people that are a lot better. But for me personally, um, I'd throw him in there. Okay. And then, um, you know, I think my favorite – offensive tackle uh of all time is eric andelsek which i think he may have played guard uh some in the nfl uh we do the o-line d-line camp down at Tibet in Thibodeau, louisiana every year mm -hmm. uh, longest running o-line d-line camp in the country i think if we pull it off this year it'll be like year 30 something and every year we show the eric eric andelsek uh highlight tape and of course eric was uh hit by a uh, uh, oncoming vehicle while he was mowing his grass in Thibodeau. Uh, and, uh, but his highlight tape at LSU and uh, he was with the Detroit Lions, I believe, is unbelievable. It, yeah. He is just, he is a road grader and just nasty physical and wasn't, wasn't tall, wasn't long. Like he just made himself into an offensive lineman. He'd be on there. Um, and then I think you're crazy if you don't put Munoz on there somewhere. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, I don't know who my fifth guy would be. Uh, you know, uh, might might be our, our center we had this year that's going to Rice as a fullback. That sucker was a <laughs> – he is an unbelievable football player. His his highlights are a lot of fun to watch. I'm, Brian Hibbert. Yep. I, I remember I remember when you I, I saw something in December. I can't remember you posted something about him going being the number one fullback, and I said what? And I remember looking up his highlights and just I mean, the first clip he pulls on on like an outside zone play and just runs runs over like six people, <laughs> and it's awesome. It's like oh my god, this that's why he's going to play fullback right there because he he's you know he's he's every every offensive lineman's dream. He was one of the most athletic kids we've had on the team in in a, in a while, and uh, having him at center was a weapon. Yeah, I mean, he, it was it was like having a a dynamic you know tailback or receiver out there. That's awesome. That's awesome. He it, it's a fun for anybody listening. That yeah, well, Brian Hibbard, check it out. It's a it's a good clip to watch for sure if you're uh, <laughs> if you're in the mood for some good football. So. Oh um, yeah. Well, Coach, I appreciate you coming on and talking with me. Uh, you know, best of luck to you guys. And, and, and before we go, do me a favor, drop your uh, Twitter handle uh, for everybody and any other information you want these guys to know. Yeah, uh, Twitter, it's at Fertitta, F-E-R-T-I-T-T-A, underscore Gabe, G-A-B-E. And uh, if anybody wants to get in touch with me, talk ball or anything like that, you can just – uh, send me a message on there and uh, we're an open book down here we love having guys come visit so 
anybody who wants to do that can do it and uh make sure we keep the the hashtag hog fb chat rolling heck yeah and, uh, one of my favorite monday nights it's it's uh when it first started people were like what are you do? what what is this hashtag <laughs> hog fb and then one of our less miles's kid i remember that for us and uh and he started getting in on the action too he's like just a little football junkie so mm -hmm. he and i have this running joke about hog fb chat uh but uh, let's keep that thing going, man. I love yes, it. Sir. I love the community of O-line coaches. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm a transplant, I guess <laughs> you should say. We'll take them. We'll t we take all kinds. So. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? That's right. So, well, Coach, I appreciate it again. Uh, you know, best of luck to you guys, and, and hopefully everybody's staying healthy and, and look forward to talking uh, with you more down the road. Absolutely. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Coach. Bye-bye. Thanks again for everyone listening and remember to go check out platform.com for the full series of hog football podcast episodes. We want to thank everybody for their continued support and be on the lookout for our hog football chat series from Twitter on our website, hogfootballchat.net. You can check out all of our great sponsors and tons of awesome.